The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show. It is. Here we are again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We do it four nights a week from 6.30 to 7, so giving you all kinds of time and opportunity to call the show and ask your questions as it pertains to your job life. That's why we do the show and have been for 10 years. 416-870-6400. Lior Sanfiru here once again tonight. Co-founding partner, Sam Firu to Markin LLP. You want to check it out. They are the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. So you are in good hands either way. If you want to reach out to be on the uh, half hour of the show, here's how you do that. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Severance pay calculator is rolled into that puppy, so that's free and anonymous and very useful as well. But we're here to get into the show. The uh, topic for tonight over this next little while is employers don't terminate employment in these situations. So if you're an employer especially, listening, heads up and uh, take some notes with the uh, the following points that we're going to talk about. But the case of the day is how we always kick it off, pal. What do you got going on? Another one of our new weekday 6.30 p.m. shows, mm-hmm. so I'm uh, ready and primed here to talk about employment law. So if you're driving right now and uh, you have some time and maybe you're driving back from work, you didn't have the best day, you want to know what to do, how to be ready for tomorrow, what to say to your boss, well, call us right now on the show. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what you need to know. Maybe you're not driving from work because man, you lost your job. Well, Probably even more important that you understand your rights, to understand what to do, how to deal with your workplace problem. Well, take advantage of that as well. We're going to answer those questions. We do every single day. And we'll also give you throughout the show my contact information so that you can reach out to me and have a private discussion. I can answer your questions on the radio. I can't actually get you what you're owed. I can't actually do anything to advance your situation. For that, you have to reach out to me off air. So that's why we give you that contact information, phone and email. But case of the day, as I always start, John, I spoke with a gentleman uh, that was let go. Now, what happened with him a few weeks back, uh, a customer of his made a complaint to the boss saying that this person was rude to him. So the company uh, decided to investigate this, as they should, to see what happened. And they determined that, yes, this this person, the person that called me, was in fact uh, you know, rude and, and acted unprofessionally with this customer. So what happened earlier, uh, earlier yesterday, actually, they just called him into a meeting. Here's the investigation, what we've concluded. We're letting you go. And by the way, we're letting you go for cause. In other words, we're not going to pay you any severance, nothing. You're gone because you did what this customer alleged. So he called me. I spoke to him today. So the question becomes, of course, is what he did, is it cause? So here's the thing, John. I I listened to everything. I read everything. And I don't think his behavior was appropriate. And I told him that. His behavior with the customer customer was not the way it should have been. He made a mistake. uh, Not a Will Smith-level mistake, but he made a mistake. Okay. Uh, he shouldn't have done what he did. But despite that, the question becomes, is it cause? And it's not. John, this was an isolated incident. It wasn't something that's so bad, so horrible that it was fatal to the employment relationship. So if his employer wanted him gone, 
they had to pay him severance. This yeah. guy has worked there for three years. He's owed about six months of severance. So that's that's really something that I wanted to emphasize here. The fact that you may have done something wrong, and this guy did, let's be, be very clear, does not mean, okay, does not mean that he can be let go without severance for cause. That's reserved for the worst offender. So in his situation, it wasn't cause. He was owed severance. They're not paying it to him, so I'm going to get involved and make sure that he gets it. Good call, and the way to do that, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Is this a situation where they should have, you know, there had to be multiple incidents of this happening before it rises to that level, right? Well, yeah, so how how does this become cause? And you hit the nail on the head. If this is one of a series of incidents, and, and they've talked to him, and they've warned him, and they said, listen, this can't continue, Yep. And and despite that, you know, this guy doesn't get it, then yeah, absolutely. At some point that becomes cause. What more can this employer do? Sure. But not as a one time isolated incident. That's not going to be cause. Uh this employer jumped the gun and again, that's a wrongful dismissal. And to call in now, 416-870-6400 is how you do that. But we'll move on to our uh, our topic for the day as we get some phone calls lined up. Employers don't terminate employment in these situations. I like this one. I don't think we've covered this one in some time. Usually it's all uh, very employee-weighted, but this is a good one to uh, to remind people of, right? Absolutely. And there's lessons there for employers and for employees. We'll talk okay. about situations where, you know what, an employee, you really don't want to terminate employment either because it's illegal or because it's going to cost you a lot of money. And, of course, it's a lesson for employees that if you find yourself in that situation, you know you have certain rights. So here we go. Employers do not terminate employment when an employer asks about taking a disability leave or comes back from that disability leave. So we talked about the fact that some some terminations can just be plain illegal. Well, that's one example of it. If you're, you have an employee that's planning or, 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 or looking at taking a disability leave or, of course, t- coming back from one, mm-hmm. you cannot let them go, okay? That's a human rights violation. It's, it's, it's not legal. I understand that uh, having an employee go off work can cause some havoc on the employer and then you have to you know, reorganize and find someone to fill in. I understand that. But regardless of that, the law is very, very clear. An employee can be off as long as they need to, as long as they have their doctor's support, there's a legitimate medical issue. You can't really question that medical issue if they have something from a doctor. And as an employer, what you certainly can't do is to let them go. Well, you're going to be off for six months. We're just going to let you go. Nonsense. Illegal. Can't do that. And when the employee is ready to come back to work, you have to make all efforts to bring them back. If their job is available, absolutely. If it's not available, you have to see, is there another job that would make sense to bring them in? And if there isn't, and you've tried, and you've looked, and there's absolutely just nothing there, then, and only then, can you consider letting the employee go, of course, with severance. I've seen a lot of situations, John, uh, where employee employers let an employee go because they think they've been gone for too long, yeah. or they just don't want to deal with an employee on a, on a disability leave. That's absolutely illegal. 416-870-6400, the number to call in during this uh, during this show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights as well. That was kind of where I was going with the, my, my question there, and that is, I mean, you know, you're not supposed to do it when they come back, go on disability leave, we get that. But when they come back, say in the meantime, the person you've had, because as you mentioned, you got to still run your business, you're going to have to fill that position. This person is really good in the interim when this person's been off, and you want to keep them. How do you navigate that? 
So when you have an employee on disability leave and they're ready to come back, you don't have to let go of the of the replacement. You don't have the obligation to fire the replacement. Uh, if there is a replacement and the job that the employee originally had is no longer available, the employer has to look for an alternative. Is there a different job, a different role? Is there something else that we can do and find? Uh, so that's the obligation. That's very different than a maternity leave or parental leave, where if there is a replacement, well, when the person is ready to come back from parental leave, yeah, you have to say to the replacement goodbye. You have to bring back the person uh, from parental leave. So it's not quite the same with the, with the disability leave, but what you certainly can do is let someone go because they are or will be on a disability leave. Working down the way of our list here, employers don't terminate employment in these situations. Next situation would be this, and I love this one, after recruiting the employee from another job. So first of all, let's talk about kind of the, the kind of the ethical aspect of it uh, before we talk about the legal aspect. And that is, you know, if you're going to recruit someone, take someone away from a secure job, probably not a nice thing to do to just let them go shortly thereafter, unless, of course, there's no choice whatsoever. But put that aside, let's talk about the legal aspect. The reason why this uh, situation is on our list is because that's going to cost you a lot of money, employer. If you recruit an employee... You are the one, they didn't knock on your door, you knocked on theirs, either directly or through a recruiter. You knocked on their door, you were able to convince them to leave the job, and now they joined you. If you let them go, let's say, in the first couple of years, well, now you're going to owe them enhanced severance. We call this inducement. You've induced them to leave secure job. secure job. That means now when it comes to severance, you'll also have to account for the time that they had with the previous company. You know, the previous company is a different company completely, has nothing to do with your company. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, you recruited someone, so let's give you an example. You had someone that worked for a company for 10 years, you recruited them away and they worked for you for one year, then you let them go. Well, now you may have to pay them severance as an 11-year employee, even though they only worked for you for one year. So when I say don't fire someone in this situation, well, at least be careful and understand it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if you're an employee that has been recruited away, you lost your job, even more important than before to get legal advice because your entitlements are going to be that much more significant. couple things on that point. Number one, is there a threshold as far as how long you're at the new job before the, the new employer doesn't have to backtrack many years from the job you were pulled from? I mean, if you worked there for your old job for 30 years and you're at the new place for five years i mean does that still qualify or what's the what's the approximate number where they're 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 scot-free of having to worry about that usually three four certainly once you pass four years then that previous service is not going to be accounted for uh you know by by then you're kind of considered to be entrenched in this new job so anything more than four years no but Anything in the first three years, certainly if we're talking with something in the first year, man, no man, you better believe that 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 impact of the old job is going to be very significant. Is that something that somebody moving over to uh, to get recruited from or induced by a new employer? That's definitely something they should be looking out for in an employment agreement, right? If that's written in there, not to pay, not to recognize previous service type of thing. Well, let's talk about it from both perspectives. If you're an employer, right. yeah, you want to make it clear if you're going to recruit someone that we're not recognizing past service. You want to have that in writing. If you're an employee, you want to make sure that it doesn't say that. In fact, you also don't want to agree to a probationary term. Why agree to be on probation, right, if you leave a secure job? So that employment agreement is very, very important. It becomes that much more important, arguably, 
when an employee is recruited from another job. Have you found that a little more prevalent uh, recently with employers putting that little stipulation in there? We're not going to recognize previous service. Employers have not really become that attuned to it. Uh, wow. so, so usually employers don't put that in there. Certainly not, not as often as I would say that they should be. Uh, so they do expose themselves to these claims of additional severance yeah. uh, without even realizing that that's what they're doing. With that, we will take a short break and get back into it. Uh, don't be bashful. you got lots of time to pick up that phone and call us here. It's only a 644 in the evening on a Thursday, so uh, feel free, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Lots more to go. This is the Employment Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And we're back at it. Good to have you uh, join us again. A little reminder, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four nights a week from 6.30 till 7 p.m. Employment Law Show is here. We've increased the rotation and our presence on this particular radio station for your benefit. More chance for you to reach out and call in if things come to mind, if problems uh, arise in your employment relationship with your employer or vice versa. That's why uh, That's why we're here now, four nights a week, plus a Saturday as well, right? 416-870-6400. Still got some time on a scooting email over help at employmentlawyer.ca that goes for any time as well and to uh, to reach out to Lior and his team pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900 in the meantime talking about this employers do not terminate employment in these situations next one up is this and that is when an employee raises harassment allegations against the boss or a co-worker or someone in the employment relationship right imagine john a situation where an employee goes to the employer you know very uncomfortable saying you know i i've been mistreated i'm I'm being bullied and harassed i need your help i need you to do something about it employer turns around and fires the person i mean man uh it sounds awful it is awful and but the unfortunate thing is it happens and i've seen it happen and it's completely and utterly illegal let's be very clear here in terms of what an employer has to do if an employer becomes aware, whether directly or indirectly, of any harassment, potential harassment in the workplace, they have to take it seriously. That means they have to investigate, whether they do the investigation or they bring someone from the outside, they have to then rectify the issue. They have to find a solution. Sometimes the solution may mean uh, letting the offender go. Sometimes the solution may be may mean better training or, or maybe it means separating people that can't work together. Whatever it is, an employer has to make sure that the workplace is not a poison environment. Yeah. So uh, what you can't do under any circumstances is let someone go, you know what, this, this person is being a bit of a squeaky wheel. We don't like that. We're going to let them go. Can't do that. This person is just complaining. Even, by the way, if someone raises harassment allegations and you can't verify it. You've tried and you can't find proof. You can't let that person go. In fact, the law makes it clear that this is what we call a reprisal. They have this protection around them just by virtue of raising harassment allegations. And an employer that still goes ahead and either punishes or lets someone go 
because they complained about harassment, not only is going to have to pay them severance, we know that, there's going to be other damages, potentially human rights damages, other damages for reprisal. So it's going to be costly, painful, unpleasant. So employers don't do it. So you're telling me that if someone just, you know, they they make a harassment complaint about whoever in the workplace and it is investigated by the powers that be, they find nothing. It was complete fabrication. They say, what are you doing? Like, why did you, why did you waste our time? You're fired. Do not do that. Correct? Well, if it was made in bad faith, so someone Different. made a harassment complaint and yeah. they were lying, they were trying to get someone in trouble because they don't like them, but mm-hmm. it never happened. Well, if that's what it was, then yeah, that actually could be uh, grounds for discipline and potentially termination for sure. But it, but I'm talking about a situation where someone complains about harassment and you just can't find proof of it. Right. It doesn't mean that they're lying. That means you just can't corroborate it. You cannot, absolutely cannot fire someone in that situation. 416-870-6400. Still time for you to call in, ask your questions. Uh, employers, don't terminate an employee right after you reduce employee compensation or get them to sign a new contract of employment. That sounds like a completely dicey situation. Well, it's it's bad faith, right? Yeah. You, you reduce their compensation and then you let them go and, oh, and say, oh, great. Now I can calculate severance based on this reduced compensation. Or you have them sign an employment agreement that limits their severance and then you let them go based on that. Again, that's bad faith. If you do that and you think, you know, maybe you think you're being clever. I know how to save money. I'll just do it this way. Right. No, you're not going to save money. In fact, you can get into legal trouble. There's going to be additional damages. So if you're going to change the terms of employment, if you're going to have a new employment agreement uh, signed, make sure that you do that in good faith. Make sure that you're not doing that to to take advantage of an employee that you already know you're going to be let go. Uh, the law is going to see through that, right? And And there's going to be consequences. So just stay out of that altogether. By the way, we're talking about this uh, this topic this evening, and this is just as much benefit to employees because none of this stuff will come to fruition if the employee doesn't know that it's happening to them. They may walk out and think they were fired legally, and that won't be the case. So we're, uh, we're hopefully enlightening a lot of people that are employees as well as employers as well. And that last one kind of, Lior, dove, dovetails really nicely into this one. Do not let them go right before an employee is due a large bonus or that commission payment, right? So here's how I've seen this happen. Um, and employees do a bunch of uh, money, whether it's a bonus or commission payment, uh, retention payment. And the employer says, wait, I know how to save a bunch of money. I'll just let them go before that payment is due. Uh, aren't I smart? Well, no, you're not because the law is going to see right through that. And not only are you still going to have to pay that payment, okay, that payment you were trying to avoid, you're potentially going to now have to pay additional damages, again, because you've been acting in bad faith. The law doesn't like it when employers act in bad faith. Now, I'm not trying to say that employers do this, but I have seen it happen. And I'm telling you, if you owe someone money, if they've earned a bonus, a commission payment, something, don't avoid paying that by letting them go. Okay, Pay what you owe. If you still want to let them go then with their severance, go for it. But don't try to avoid that payment, the payment that they believe they're expecting, the payment that they've earned by uh, by choosing a convenient termination date. That's just not going to work. And, I mean, is that point highlighted even further if there's a history of that bonus coming through at that time? Every year in June for the last 15 years, you've gotten this bonus. And, oh, look, the end of uh, May, you're out of here right before the bonus is due. I mean, does that make it even worse? 
Well, you, you wouldn't need to be a, a particularly sharp uh, kind of detective or judge or whatever you yeah. want to call it to determine that that's not, not kind of kosher, right? That's not uh, the right thing to do. And it, clearly that employer was doing something wrong. So, yes, absolutely. If an employee every year expects this bonus at the end of the year, at the end of the fiscal, whatever it is, and just so happens that this year they're let go before that and, oh, well, now we're not going to pay it to you, we're going to see through that. and. The money that that employer thinks that they're saving, they're going to end up paying uh, twofold. You also put commission payment there as well. So if it's a situation where someone is in the sales role, obviously, and they've uh, you know they got a big fat commission check due them, and uh, you know they've done all they can do in the job, but maybe the contract has not been signed off on yet by the by the client, but there's but they've done their work and they're waiting for that commission payment and they get sacked. Does that make a difference? Because the company hasn't even been paid yet. So. If the employee did what they're supposed to do for the commission, mm-hmm. the fact that they're let go before the money actually gets paid doesn't allow the company to avoid commission. Now, that may mean uh. that the employee that's been let go has to wait until the company actually gets paid, but that employee is still going to get their commission because they did their job, right? They did what they were supposed to do to earn the commission. The fact that they're let go before the money comes in does not uh, absolve the employer of that. And in fact, an employer that is clearly letting someone go to try to avoid paying that commission, yeah, they're going to have to pay a lot more uh, anyway. 416-870-6400. Kenny, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time. Tony. Oh, that's brutal. You there, Kenny? Yes. There you go. A little staticky there for a while. What's your question, brother? Uh, it's regarding the training for like women and working at heights and uh, mm. scissor lift. So I had an apprentice um, that a company didn't want to hire because uh, he never, didn't have any training. And then he, he, I hired him. He worked with me. I got him fully trained. And then two weeks later, they hired him. Uh, I'm just a small company, just myself. And then he, that was a large company. And then they saw value in him because he had the uh, $750 training that I paid for. And two weeks later, he left and went to work for a big company. So I left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not going to hire apprentices anymore or hire anybody. So what do employee employers do in this situation in this Canada, this great Canada of ours? So what you do is actually straightforward, uh, and, and we do this very often, is if you're going to provide this this training and you're going to pay for it, you're going to have an employment agreement that says that you, Mr. or Mrs. Employee, agree to remain with me for this amount of time after. You can't be unreasonable. Six months, a year, two years. And if you don't, you're going to have to pay me back the cost of the training. So that essentially guarantees one of two things. Either they stay with you or they owe you the money. But you have to have that in an employment agreement. It's literally one or two lines in an employment agreement, and that covers you. Employers that pay for training often do that. They say, we'll pay for this training. We'll provide you this value. But you, employee, have to agree with to stay with us for a, uh, for, for a period of time. So, Kenny, that's what, what you have the, to do. It's if, not complicated. What if, what if the province just uh, steps up and pays this WIMIS and this working at heights? For employees instead of us paying for it wouldn't that be a, a smarter thing for the apprentices oh maybe i uh, talked to the government about that i don't know but from an employment oh, yeah. standpoint if you pay for something then you can have an employment agreement if you ever want to do that happy to help you kenny Try to get one more of these points in before we wrap for the day of things employers should not do and when they should not let go of employees and that was an employee announces uh-oh the pregnancy or comes back from a paternal leave you know, John, we, we really don't need a lot of time for this because it's, it's <laughs> obvious. But still, yeah. in this day and age, 2022, I still see this happening. 
an employee can take off for parental leave and that could be up to 18 months. And yes, if you're an employer, you have to keep that job open. You can't come up with a reason to let them go. You can't decide you like the replacement better. If you do any of those things, it's a wrongful dismissal. It's an Employment Standards Act violation. It's a human rights violation. Well, the law is going to come down on you as hard as the law can. So please don't ever do that whenever we're talking about a maternity leave. And that is a, a lot of content we got through there. Again, all these talking points we talk about on this show tonight were for the benefit of both employees and employers. If you're under either of those umbrella, you want to reach out and find out more. That's really simple to do. Now that we're wrapping up for tonight, anyway, we're going to be back in the weekend, of course. But one eight five five eight two one. 5900 is the way to do that. That's a number to reach Lior and his team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I direct you towards the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Fantastic stuff, free, anonymous, and you have the severance pay calculator as well. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.